listening to Colin Bradley Artcast with Colin Bradley and Stephen Bradley. Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Hello, Dad. Hello, mate. It's, uh, yes, I'm really well. We've been having a little chat, you and I, before, working ourselves up to a frenzy, (laughs) (laughs) saying how how lovely it all is and how lucky we are that we're doing what we do. I know. And it is wonderful. And uh, I, I am blessed, I think. And uh, I'm sure you feel the same way. I do. I do. And it's it's really nice to um, see everyone doing so well. I feel mm. like we've got so many more avenues in the last couple of years, I think maybe with the technology boom, even more with Facebook and social mm. media and everything. You know, I can go on and check the Instagram and see hundreds of pictures that you've that your your students have done and how much they've enjoyed it and we can go onto facebook and you can go onto youtube and and see all the lovely things that people are saying and and we on the feedback show seeing all the amazing pieces that are coming in it's so satisfying to um see and hear people share their stories and their passion for it mm. you know mm. um, absolutely it's yeah. so encouraging and it's really it's really good it makes us everything we do worthwhile absolutely it's like it constantly getting shots in the arm you know adrenaline shots every time i see a lovely picture there's the one today you posted yeah uh, sent me through which will go in next week's show mm. I thought that is stunning but I, I there was part of that i thought hey you know i'm going to help this person i won't mention names at the moment but you know, I'm going to be able to help this person. I looked at the picture. I thought, hey, now I can help. I can help this person to make an even better job. And she's thrilled and she's got every right to be thrilled with what uh, I saw today. But I saw something there. And this is what gives, gets me going, gets my adrenaline going and the buzz going, knowing that what I can do is to say a few words to them and they'll change. They think, wow, yeah, I never saw that. Wow. And, uh, you know, pick up the pastel pencils, which we, we know they can do, and they can uh, make a few little adjustments, and, mm. and, and they've learned so much. Absolutely. This is what gives us, as uh, I say, this is, what's, this is what's happening at the moment. Yeah. This constant learning and uh, process, which goes on and on and on, and should never stop. No, exactly. And I'm really glad we decided to bring back the podcast as well, because I feel like that interaction that we have with everyone, even though it's kind of one way in terms of, you know, we speak and they listen, but they constantly, everyone's constantly sending us emails and comments and everything. And it does feel like a two way interaction, but it's really nice to express our gratitude and thanks and appreciation for you know everyone else out there as well through this medium. And I'm really glad that we, are able to continue doing that every couple of weeks. Oh, so am I. Yeah, so am I. So today's podcast, we're going to feature some of the questions we've had from our Craftsy class. Oh, right. um, If anyone uh, is a member of Craftsy or is interested in checking out the Craftsy class, and we've had some wonderful reviews and some excellent projects being posted from the students over there. So uh, head over to craftsy.com and um, search for dad's name or just type pastel pencil in the search bar it'll come up you'll find it um but in the class there is an option to 
post questions. So we thought we'd mention some of those on the podcast and answer them in a bit more detail than we can go to in a quick kind of typed out comment. Well, everybody benefits from this, don't they, Steve? You know, not just the, the, the craftsy students, but all the students, because they're yeah. bringing up points, even though some of the points are going to be have already been raised before we can do different takes on it. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's not always as, as time progresses, there's new things that come about, um, new reasons for doing things. So it's good to update that information as well, if there is mm, any update yeah. to be done. Yeah. Okay. So, um, on craftsy, it's, it's got like a username. People don't have to have their own name. So I'm going to read out people's usernames. Um, so we've got one here from, uh, M D I M I M D I don't mm, know yep. quite how to say that, but, uh, they ask Colin, I'm curious, do you always use sand color or more generally toned paper? If so, why? Is there any time that you would use plain white? Right. Well, straight answer to that is never. I would never use plain white unless I was doing a, like a charcoal. You know, I've done a few charcoal type pictures as a, as a dog on the uh, animal on the member site. And I think that's a freebie anyway, isn't it? That, that yeah. little charcoal dog. Well, I did that on white paper, and you have to really because you're using white. Uh, I use white and the Payne's grey and a little bit of black and so on. But otherwise, no, from a pastel pencil point of view, no, I wouldn't unless I was doing it like a charcoal kind of picture. So anything that uh, involves colour, no, I would, would not use it. Fordwich. You did Fordwich in grey tone. That's right. Well, again, well, I say charcoal. I'm, I'm talking about like grey tone. Yeah. yeah. Why do you and think the white black paper? And white. Why do you think the white paper helps in those pictures? Ah, well, it, because of of the the tone itself, see, black and white. If you think of if you put a colour underneath it, can you imagine a sand colour or a grey colour underneath it? Would would you would have to put the white and make it solid on top of it. Mm. So no, it wouldn't work. You, you, it just wouldn't work. You couldn't have a, you can't have a color involved in black and white, but you can in color. What? You can have that color coming through. Oh, absolutely. Yes, of course. Yeah. Well, this is the great thing. And the, the question was, um, what do I always use sand? Yes, I do. Um, the sand colour is, I've, I learned right from the very beginning when I first started, a really good um, medium unobtrusive tone that goes with just about every, well, it does go because you've seen me do it with every different colour that I can use. As long as you're putting a base colours on, uh, which we do, the sand colour can be used as an undertone, and it does shine through. Um, when I used to use the Carbothello, funnily enough, um, way, way back, I, the, the, the um, pigmentation of Carbothello wasn't quite as good as the Faber-Castell. And uh, you remember that I used to um, do the picture, I used to fix it, and then work on top of it. 
to put a double layer on. Well, when I went into Faber-Castell, I didn't have to do that because the pigmentation of Faber-Castell is better. So that was the only time when maybe, but even then, I still used the same color paper, even then. Different tones. Can you use different tones? Yes, you can. I've seen people use gray um, quite successfully. Um, anything that's got that same tone there, you know, the same um lightness uh, mm. would work but if you go lighter than that it doesn't work if you go to say ivory um, or a very light creamy color it doesn't really work now the reason it doesn't work is that pastel has got a dust to it and it can look dirty on uh, a light color paper ah. black and white's not so bad because you kind of accept that but color doesn't work in the same way. So that's the reason I, I, I use the sand and you can use a similar tone. You don't want darker papers. If you have darker papers, the color comes through the picture. And we've seen this on many occasions where a picture has been done beautifully, but there's been a dullness to it. And that is because it's the paper even though you've covered it up with pastel, it's still an undertone that comes through the paper. Mm. So you don't want a dark tone. You can't use dark tone unless you're going in maybe for a nighttime scene or something that, you know, maybe that would work. But I've never had, in all the experience that I've had in the, what, 30 years or so now, I've always used the sand-colored paper and I've never been disappointed with it. So there's really, folks, there's no need to change it. Mm. Okay. Good. I think that answers that question. Good. Thanks very much. The next one comes from uh, Lou. Lou Lub, Lubna? L O U B N A space D U. So Lou. I'll call you Lou. They know. They know who they are. They know who they are. Um, <laughs> hello. I am thoroughly enjoying this class and excited to follow along. I'm new to using pastels and not sure which type to buy. What is the difference between soft and chalk pastels? Which ones should I use? Woodworking with sticks give the same result. Right. Um, pastel pencils are very different to soft pastel. And they have to be. If you think about it, the makeup of a pastel pencil has to go into a, a, a wood casing and it has to be sharpened. And you could imagine if you had put a soft pastel in the middle of that, it would just crumble away. So you can't use it. So they had to find a binding or a medium that to use to bind the pastel together, which gave it and gives it its lovely quality that uh, we love today. So, no, they are very different. Um, basically the same idea. I mean, they're still chalky. And can you put them together yes you can i would never really suggest that you use soft pastel and then pastel pencil on top because the pastel pencil is harder and it will scrape it away but the other way around works out as people will see if they follow my youtube clips there's plenty of them where i use stick pastels on top of the pastel pencil that works really well and uh, so that's the difference basically between the two um, if you were to use stick pastels uh, to try to produce what I show on all the clips, 
you could do it, but it wouldn't look the same. You wouldn't get the same results. The pencil wow. is unique. It's, it's something to do with that binding. You know, I was talking about the binding, Steve, the, the, the medium they use to put the, to, to uh, congeal a pastel together. Mm. That is the key to this. It's that that gives us this creamy quality to it. It's it's very noticeable when you use a, a blender. If you use a blender on a pastel pencil, it blends beautifully. If you use a blender on a soft pastel, it rubs it off. So it's kind of like held together. Literally, mm. in the binding process, mm. it holds the pastel together. It's maybe a bit more dense. I think I think this is it. This is this is my view on it. My take on it. Mm. Um, I've never been. It's never been explained to me. I did ask the uh, when when we Faber Castell first brought their pencils out. I asked them what they used, and they wouldn't tell me. <laughs> Which I understand that you know. No, no, no. Sorry, this is. <laughs> This is that classic artist secret, Colin. You can't expect us to give it away. Never been round but, their factory, then? Uh, not, no, no, I haven't. <laughs> no. Uh, I wouldn't be able to see that anyway being done, I'm sure. that's uh, Because Derwin, when they came out, they came out after Carbothello. No, sorry, after um, Faber-Castell. And it was a big thing about it. They thought, you know, this is going to knock spots off Faber-Castell. And as we know, and everybody who's tried Derwent know, it won't do that. They are too soft. So what they have got, they've tried to make the pencil softer. And in doing so, it crumbles. And if you try to sharpen a Derwent pencil, you'll end up with a very short stump. Because you can't, with, if you do it our way, because you haven't, they haven't got that binding quite right. This is what the problem is. This is why they have so many problems with the... The Derwent pencil. Mm. Okay, great. I think that's answered that question too. I think you covered all those questions, all those questions, very thoroughly. Well, you see why it's important, Steve, and and this is why I, I did mention to them that we were going to put it in a podcast because I can't. I mean, it would be it would take me forever. That would be a long down. reply. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next question I've got is actually oh, it's from the same person as the first one. Um, they're getting their bunnies worth aren't they yeah but actually it's funny uh, this question we had come through um, the Craftsy class but we also had one of our members ask this same question oh good Good. so uh, we're going to yes answer this twice Um, so the first one hi Colin I was wondering what kind of tape you use to mount your paper I used a regular slash standard masking tape from the hardware store. But when I tried to take my drawings back off um, the Maisonite board, the tape took a lot of the paper fibre off and even ripped the paper a little. I need a better solution for my work. Now, hold it there because I've got another okay. one. <laughs> this is from Cheryl. And Cheryl says, I have a query that I would like to ask. What masking tape does Colin use when he's doing his pastel work? I am having trouble finding one that doesn't tear your paper after you've finished your work. Um, I'll carry well, on you, with Cheryl's one in a minute. But Okay. You <laughs> well, you can be sure that if, if there's two people there that have had problems, an awful lot of other people are having problems. This is why I suggested we, we actually tackle it. The, the best masking tape, to use is the cheapest one you can possibly find. I get mine from um, Pound Pound Shop. The Pound Shop. The Pound Shop. Yeah. It's like a dollar store in America, isn't it? It's is like it a, something like well, that? I think it? so. It, uh, one pound is like a very 
Well, I get to give you some idea, if you buy a 3M's, which is a really good quality masking tape, bear in mind, folks, masking tape wasn't designed to put round pictures. Masking tape was to have a whole different meaning in DIY. Mm. So it's us that's doing it. So we can't complain to the manufacturer. It's it's doing its job, isn't it, really? (laughs) It's very much doing its job, yeah. However, there there are answers to it, as I've found. Now, I get mine from the pound shop. So I pay one pound and I get four rolls of tape. Now, that three M's is about three pound a roll. So give me some idea of the difference. But don't use the pound land tape for doing what should be a masking tape job because it won't work very well. It just comes off. But as far as we're concerned, it's great. Now, even even having said that, when you put the masking tape round uh, and try and try to get it off, I usually have a picture on the ball for about um, three or four days, I, not very much longer. The, I did a big picture recently, which took two weeks for me to finish, and I took it off after two weeks. The longer you leave it on there, the stickier it seems to become. Mm. But having said all of that, it will still come off okay. And I've showed people many times how to take it off. You pull it away. You never pull it down because you could rip the picture. You pull it away from the picture. And sometimes you do lose a little bit of the paper, even with the old cheapy tape that I use. Mm. Um, But... (sighs) It's, it's not going to show. It's going to go behind the mount. I've never, in all the time I've been doing this, and it's been a long time now, I've never spoiled a picture, ever. So there you go, folks. That's what you do. You buy a very inexpensive masking tape, but don't expect it to perform like masking tape if you use it around window frames or wherever <laughs> you do. Because <laughs> yeah. it won't. Yeah. It peels off straight away. It comes straight off. <laughs> But it's great for what we want it for. So that's the answer. Get as many as you can for your pound or your dollar. Well, I do. Every time I go in, I buy. I've got. I've got about. Oh, I've got about four or five uh, spare ones here. Um, every now and again, I go in there and I've got it. I think, oh, bugger me! I hope they haven't stopped it. But you can get cheap masking tape almost anywhere. That's what I do. That's what I use. There you go. Brilliant. Well, going on from Cheryl's email, she adds on at the end, also an avid pastel artist, uh, uh, not in Colin's class, but loving, as in class, as in league, I think she means, just loving the way they come to life as you draw. Thank you so much, Colin, for all the help and encouragement I have received over the years, especially when I was a member of I Can Draw and Paint. That is where it all started. So thank you. Oh, right. Right. Yes. Oh, well, thank you very much, Errol. It's, uh, it's lovely to hear. And uh, but but don't despair because you will get better. The one good thing about a pastel pencil artist is they always improve, hmm. even sometimes only a little bit. But there's always an improvement. Pastel Pencils has got a habit, a good habit, of teaching you. Mm. Because if you you make a mistake, it shows up quite quickly. Mm. But it's erasable. It's erasable. And um, you can manipulate the Pastel Pencil, as we know, so well. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. 
So the uh, moving away from the crafty class questions, I don't know if I've got any more actually down here now, um, but I'm sure we will still continue to get more over the coming months. So I will continue to add them into the podcast. Um, this email comes from Greg. Greg says, hi, Steve. In an earlier email, I had asked about the 101 white pencil and Colin commented on the medium and soft white, but there was little difference between the two. I recently received two paper pads from your store and the weight of your paper is heavier than the paper I was using. The white pencil works great with your paper and I think my problem with the white was using paper that was too thin. Thanks, Greg. That's a good uh, a good question. But can I come back for a minute? I just suddenly dawned on me that something I never mentioned when I was talking about masking tape. Okay. Now, I use the 160 gram Ongre paper and the masking tape on that can, as I said, you can lose a little bit. Now, if you're using the 90 gram on grey pastel paper, you might have more of a problem because you haven't got, it's not as thick. It's not as sturdy. You see what I mean? So watch this, folks. Watch that you, every every time go for the, the heavier paper, the 160. It's the one we use. Mm. Okay, just a, a very good point. And I, it, when you reading Greg's email, it's only dawned on me. Oh, by me, I should have mentioned that because mm. I know people have done that, and Greg has fa- found that's the case. Only this was for the white pencil, so he found the white pencil more uh, beneficial, uh, or the thicker paper, uh, better reception area than the lighter paper he used. Mm. Good point. Good. I I, I don't really know the answer to that because I, I don't use and, and haven't done. Uh, use the 90 gram paper um i've always used the paper we've got the 160 but it could it could be a problem it's also sometimes a problem if you're um you know you're applying it as we do with several colors Mm. you could get a little more of a problem of it um going shiny Yes, you know, the wear so of the much. paper. It can't no. absorb so many colours, yeah. No, yes. so, so be careful there. Mm. But there's always an answer, and that could be one of them. Mm. Good point. Thanks, Greg, for letting us know about that as well. It's, it's good for other people to hear too. Um, the next one comes from Gabrielle. Hi, Steve. Um, I would like to know what Colin thinks about this, if you don't mind asking him. My friend has a wedding cake business and we are thinking of joining our two businesses together in the form of a package deal where we offer a handmade wedding couple portrait in addition to the wedding cake. The only problem I've found, uh, the only problem is I've never painted a wedding couple, only Colin's Indian chief, which who was a bit out there with the wrinkles. So I've no practice (laughs) in doing pretty human portraits. I searched your website for a suitable course, but there wasn't really anything that I could use. I found a coloured pencil course in one of the craftsy classes, but I'm not familiar with the medium. I tried it once, but I never got the result that I get with the pastel pencils. My questions for Colin are, would he consider maybe doing a wedding couple portrait in the future? And if he can tell me if I would find the coloured pencil class craftsy course helpful comparing with the pastel pencils that I would much more prefer. Thanks for passing this on to Colin. Kind regards, Gabrielle. Right. Well, I've got quite a lot to say about this, if we've got time. First of all, um, let's get the coloured pencil and the pastel pencil one out of the way. You won't achieve with a coloured pencil anywhere near the quality that you can with a pastel pencil. I do know that there are some brilliant 
coloured pencil artists there out there, and they probably could do it. But starting from where we are, you know, on on perhaps a very amateurish basis, you're going to find it really hard to get anywhere near the quality. I did have um, I did have uh, occasion to meet someone who used coloured pencils in one of the shows. And the time she took doing a just a normal animal picture, kind we can do in two days, took her a week or ten days to do. So it's a very long-winded process. Mm. And I don't think uh, people would have that kind of patience. She did, and she had brilliant results. So that's the first thing. So colour pencils, not really. Pastel pencils, stick to them. We know that they work. Now, as far as would I do it, no, I probably wouldn't. The reason I say that is because I have to do work that people are going to want to copy. Uh, This is why I find portraits so difficult to find. And, you know, unless you do something uh, recognisable that people say, oh, yes, I wouldn't mind doing that, like the Victorian lady recently we did. Mm. Oh, because I can do that. I can either give it away because I know someone would love to put it on their wall or I put it on my wall. Great. But, you know, for some odd bod person or uh, wedding couple who no one else would know, not really. It would be a lot of work involved in that Mm. and really really wouldn't be something that I think people would – they'd probably be interested in the faces – but, you know, a, a wedding dress and a bride's uh, suit, not really. I can't <laughs> bride see that. Bride suit. <laughs> a groom suit. A groom suit, yeah. Well, it would be a bride suit or, nowadays. Or it could be the other way around, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I don't think I would, you know, it's something that uh, wouldn't come up. But having said that, there are the chances of me doing more portrait work. It's, it, in fact, I have got one that I'm going to be doing, but it's only a, only a face. Uh, later on, mm. and and I've still got my Indian on horseback. I'm yes. still back of my mind is is coming <laughs> eventually, but these these aren't going to help you really. Um, faces might doing a face. Now the other the other thing I want to just um, throw a note of caution in: if you haven't ever done a portrait before, seriously, but you put your um, head in the, the noose sort of thing and say, well, this couple wants this wedding cake or whatever it is you're doing and goes alongside that a portrait. The expectation these people will have is going to be very high. Hmm. Now, that's going to give you nightmares in terms of being able, am I going to get it right? Are they going to like it? Am I going, is it good enough? And so on. I think this is something that I'd be, I think, really seriously about. Yes. Unless you are really good at what you do, and and uh, I, I haven't seen your um, any figure work particularly, um, you know, human people uh, from Gabrielle, so I can't really ju- uh, uh, comment on that. But it's a really toughie. I would, at my level, I would shirk at that if someone said to me colin you know we've got this wedding business could you do a couple of port-? no i don't think so thank you very much the pressure that would put me under would be enormous mm. yeah i can imagine especially for a wedding couple as well 
Uh, you're, you're talking about something very special there. Um, so I, I'd be, I'd think about it. Give it some thought mm. before you go ahead with it. Yeah. But what you could do is find an obscure wedding couple in on YouTube and try it yourself. Yeah. Just to see, just to practice and see whether what I'm saying is right. Or you might turn up to do a really brilliant job of it. And the person looks like the person because you've got a, you've got a bride and a groom there. So the bride's got to look like the bride and the groom's got to look like the groom. And if the groom looks like the bride and the bride looks like the groom, you're in real trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be that would put you in a lot a bit of bother, wouldn't it? With the... You know what I mean. I'm being flippant, but you know what I mean. That it it is a very very precise thing to do, and uh, you know I'm a great uh, lover of artistic license, but you can't take too much license with something like that. Mm. Good point. Good point. Well, let us know, Gabrielle, on, on what happens, how you get on with that, and uh, if you do. Or if you have tried the coloured pencil class, let us know how you get on with that too. We'd be interested to hear. But I, I think that's good, solid advice, Dad. That's it is, and I would, t- I would stick to the animals because you're good at it. Mm. Okay. Excellent. Well, that's all the questions I've got down for this time. Um, we'll be back uh, next week with a feedback show. Plenty of um, submissions already coming through for that. Um, our 20th feedback show. So we'll be putting that on YouTube uh next week next wednesday and then um we'll be back the week after with another podcast that'll be our christmas podcast won't it i think it i think you're right i think it will be yeah. the one right before christmas yeah two days before christmas day so we yeah. have to get a, a fancy hat sure. out and our, <laughs> our, our whistles festive edition yeah brilliant okay well um brilliant okay thanks dad thanks for everyone sending any questions keep them coming in and um, look out for some new projects coming up on colinbradleyart.com and uh, we'll be revealing those well one's gone out this week but we're talking about another one coming out in the next couple of days so um, that's it's all lots to be looking forward to okay thanks everyone for listening I'm Stephen Bradley and I'm Colin Bradley enjoy, enjoy your week. week you've been listening to Colin Bradley Artcast Learn to draw and paint online at your own pace in your own home. For free courses and more information, visit colinbradleyart.co.uk. 